When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Here's Where It Went Wrong, the podcast where every week we have on one of our favorite comedians to talk about one of their favorite things and we trace its history to find out exactly where it all went off the rails. My name is Winsler Powers. I am joined as always by my co-host Andrew Nadeau. Andrew, how you doing buddy? I am doing so good. This was, we realized, our first episode. We, we completed a year of this show. We had on Raina Morris as a guest. This was such a great episode. This is my first time meeting Raina, huge fan. And this was some of the most fun I've ever had doing this show. Absolutely uh, amazing. As you might know her, she was a, a writer for the second season of Emily in Paris. You might know her as Quaker Raina on uh, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Twitter, uh, of course. She is fantastic and so funny. And she wanted to talk about Meghan Markle. And to get there, we had to trace the entire history of marriage, or at least I made us do that. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, did we have to do that? Or did you do that? And we just rolled with it. Yeah, it's either way, I feel like it worked out. And after that, we get through all of the British royal weddings for just over a thousand years. We cover quite a bit. Literally like a Bible story where it's just like, and then Joe met Joanna and they gave birth to Philip. They haven't listened to this yet. We got to hype this up still. This was good. (laughs) No, no, it's it's an incredible episode, but I just kept thinking of like that long Bible passage that I have to read, like I have to hear every time I go to mass on Christmas. Yeah. Thankfully, this one is filled with uh, a, a lot more just absolute dumb insanity. <laughs> so we had plenty of history to cover here. And then, of, of course, the fantastic Meghan Markle and everything that has happened to her where it went wrong. And we cover all of it. Yeah, let's get into it. Raina Morris, thank you so much for joining us here today. I have followed your work for a while. I'm such a big fan. The video you did on the girlfriend who really likes crafts was, I I think, my introduction. And because of that and showing it to my girlfriend, she is now growing lavender. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know this. So sorry. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't even know you. (laughs) (laughs) It's, you know what? You found the sign and I showed it to her and she's like, we could get some lavender. So she currently has lavender going. Uh, the impact you have is is massive. That's so. amazing. I'm so proud because I personally like haven't done anything close to that productive. So I'm glad that like I was able to help someone else do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it was fantastic. Guys, if you're not familiar, uh, Quaker Reina, you can follow her on all of her social media and please do go check out uh, so many of these videos because they're, they're all fantastic. I actually was having a crisis earlier today because I realized I haven't made a video in so long and should I be? Probably. <laughs> now you're a big time writer you, you just finished work on Emily in Paris season two correct I did I just finished it was my first writer's room I had no idea what was going on the entire time <laughs> the thing about I just learned the thing about TV writing is they actually do assume that you know what's going on even if you don't why would they ever do such a thing they just assume you know what's going on I, I joined my first day and I was ready for everyone to be like oh like hello do you know and everyone's like all right um where do we leave off season season one blah, blah. and I was like oh you just raised your hand what happened in the first season uh, yeah, they didn't even check they fully did not even check if i had seen it even when they hired you they didn't ask if you had watched it no no no. when they interviewed me for the job they definitely did but like okay. my first day like when i logged onto the zoom and there were just 10 people who had like all knew each other wrote season one together and i just logged in and was like hello and they were like hey what's up okay so and i was like oh. <laughs> yeah so i snuck in to that well that is great i mean that's we're, we're all looking forward to it and the, the videos as well but honestly that is one of those things where every day i wake up and think i should do a video and i don't ever i i I dislike the process so much i like writing the sketch i like the part where i have a video at the end everything in between is so frustrating that i just never end up doing it yeah well it's a deeply humiliating thing to do with your time especially if you're alone so (laughs) i cannot look at my face that many times that's my problem i hate this and so like having to look at it constantly to be like is this video working is something i'm (laughs) terrible at yeah i can do the face i just really really don't want to listen to my voice. Like, for example, I will not listen to this when we're done recording it. I'm just going to trust that we <laughs> yeah. can't listen to that. 
really bad. <laughs> I've had to get used to my voice and my fucking hyena cackle laugh. Love it. That I'm shocked people still listen to this after I laughed the first time. It's the energy boost that, that we need to keep it going. And I mean, it's been very useful on, on stage a number of times hearing that no matter where when is in the audience, you can hear it. But I agree watching it, listening to yourself. It is especially the, the hard part for me is, is even less the end result than doing the same take 19 times when it's like, I know I can get my eyebrow in just the right position. <laughs> so I'm going to keep doing this and hate everyone when nobody else cares. Yeah. After the third time you say it too, it's like, this isn't funny to me anymore. So right. <laughs> every video I've ever done, I'm just like, this is garbage. I now think yeah. this is garbage. And like people start liking, it. I'm like, you fucking idiots. <laughs> Don't patronize me. We both know this is embarrassing. <laughs> I think I've had like one video where, and the only reason I still enjoyed it was because I got it out so quickly, where it was, I had the idea, wrote it down, did it in a couple takes. And it was like, oh, this is still good. And then you watch it a year later and it was like, I can't believe I ever thought this was at all <laughs> entertaining. Yeah, I was, all the videos I've made pretty much, I've been like filming them in my mom's house, which is where I was living like up until recently. And so it was also a thing where I was like, there's nothing worse than the idea of like her walking in on me filming a video of myself. Yes. And so it was also like, when she goes on a walk, I have like 20 minutes to film it. <laughs> like, like things like that. So like the sense of like urgency in each of them is like not acting. Right. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm in a rush. It's weird that our jobs are performance, but it is constantly humiliating to let anyone see the process of it. It's just you're supposed to get up there on stage or in the room and be good the first time you do it. And honestly, I am furious at Marvelous Mrs. Maisel for making everyone think that that's how it works. And you just get up on stage with nothing written <laughs> and you're just good immediately. Is that what happens in that show? She just like improvises? Yeah, she yeah. catches her husband cheating. She goes drunk to a comedy club. She just gets up on stage and she kills and everyone loves her. And that's the show. Oh, and, my infuriating. God. <laughs> okay, I love love high fantasy. I did have my mother actually talk to me after that and ask, is that how it works? Is that, that what you do? <laughs> like you, you know how long I spent writing. <laughs> it is absolutely not how it works. Even my crowd work, I have stuff prepped. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Honestly, like even if I had jokes prepared, I feel like I would absolutely not be able to perform them after a traumatic event. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, she's <laughs> like, my husband cheated on me. Time to do some <laughs> some talk. This is the worst time to do stand-up. Time to do some improv comedy stand-up. <laughs> Honestly, though, the idea of sad improv, I think is hilarious. Andrew, as somebody who's been to plenty of improv shows, I've seen a lot of sad improv. I honestly, I hate improv so much. But there is a video of Katy Perry finding out that her husband filed for divorce, like, before going on stage, like, on the phone, she finds out. And then she, like, raises up in one of those little elevator things. And it's like, that's scary. That was from her documentary. Like she like finds out and like, I could not imagine getting like the worst news of my life and then just having to be like, California girls. <laughs> Evil, evil shit. God, that sounds like the worst thing in the world. Absolutely. <laughs> but I do need to go find that video. Yeah, now. That's <laughs> no, it's pretty powerful. It's like, I'm being so sincere, pretty powerful stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I mean, good for Katy Perry. I do not believe yeah. I could do that. <laughs> Look, okay, what's more impressive? Katy Perry going up on the glitter stage after finding out she's getting a divorce mm -hmm. or George <laughs> W. Bush finishing reading that book to those school children. <laughs> oh, God. Honestly, George Bush did not have a little leotard on and a huge stadium crowd. <laughs> I'm more impressed with Katie. If George Bush finished reading that book in a cupcake brawl, yeah, we'd give it to George Bush. Yeah. Oh, good job, George. But no. <laughs> the big thing for me was like that 10 minute period where he just broke character and just sat there. Like, you know what? No, if he maintained voices and was doing characters, I think I might have given it to him. Yeah. But at this point, it's like, oh, no, you're just reading. <laughs> the show must go on. Exactly. Priorities, man. <laughs> I, mean, I can't wait to see if I feel like I need to tell the editor to take that one out later. <laughs> I think we're going to leave it in and feel badly about it. I feel like that's what I'm not going to feel that badly. This, by the way, when and I realized just before we started recording that we have just completed a year of this show. Oh, my God. Congratulations. Thank Happy you. Happy anniversary. Oh, I think most importantly, we made it like an entire year without a 9-11 joke. Uh, so <laughs> I feel like that's a win. That's not true. Uh, we, <laughs> that's not true at all. 
All right. We made it a year with very few yeah, 9-11 with, jokes. With less than you'd think from the way I look. <laughs> Listener, he looks like he'd make a 9-11 joke. It's an auditory <laughs> medium, so you have to. Right. Yeah. yeah we, exactly. We're, we're going to include some tape on this one. <laughs> we amazingly have a topic for tonight, too. <laughs> it's actually relevant. I think it's relevant. I think it is. No, this is great. <laughs> what did you want to talk about tonight? I want to talk about what's more impressive. Katy Perry finding out she got divorced. <laughs> Or Meghan Markle not being allowed to leave the palace for many months after saying that she was deeply unwell and then going to see Hamilton, the tour in (laughs) London, and doing a photo op with the cast and looking radiant. What's more impressive? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I give everything to Meghan Markle here. The more I see about this is like, look, I I couldn't do any of this. It's bonkers. And yeah, so we are going to be talking about Meghan Markle, the history of royal marriages in England uh, and and history of, of marriage in general, because I, as I started doing research for this, I found out more background was necessary to realize how dumb all of this was. Uh, <laughs> so, no, we, we've got a lot to talk about here, but let's start with Meghan Markle, who it's one of those things where I consistently can't believe that any of this is happening, where it's just like, how do you think she's the one to blame for any of this? Honestly, they could have made it a super boring story. Like she could have simply married in and then they just like treated her nicely and kind of normally and then people would continue to not care about the royal family right because they're pretty boring and i literally did not care about them at all until she married into the family right you weren't a big suits fan (laughs) no i didn't care about the royal family i cared about new york's fake lawyers filmed in toronto (laughs) she's rachel zane and i don't know what happens to her character but i did watch a few episodes just to see her because she looks amazing in the show but yeah it could have been really boring and no one would have cared but they made it so fucking juicy every time she was somewhere she looked like a beautiful prisoner (laughs) everything she said seemed like she was like being told to say it in a terrifying way or when she would go off script it was like that was beautiful and then she would be like ushered away like they made it so interesting and so obviously people became obsessed with it and like she was divorced she was mixed race black which was like horrific and she's like older and she's American and she's an actress like it was gonna be juicy it was just gonna be juicy yeah I, I mean, it, and I agree it was one of those things where if they had just said, because I mean, it was going to happen. It was happening no matter what. Yeah. So if they had instead approached it as, look, like, you know what? Maybe it's time we change and realize none of these things are remotely a problem in any way. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if we realized it would be dumb to care about any of this, but instead we're going to make all of it the worst thing in the world. <laughs> so it was so crazy. And I remember being continually surprised because when they first got engaged, it was like cute still kind of like people were like oh yay Harry but like I didn't I honestly like I still am surprised by how much the British press got out of their whole relationship I guess I mean I'm not British so I really don't understand the whole royal family phenomenon but like I really thought they would get tired of talking about it but I'm pretty sure there was a year where she was like the most photographed woman in the whole world I totally buy that and especially with the British press you gotta remember they killed a woman before like they killed a princess in the past they're not a benign entity right like not just a woman this this like the same thing (laughs) it's the same thing and it was the same like it's still hairy like right didn't they feel a little embarrassed like they're okay let's let this one guy rest right because we killed his mom (laughs) (laughs) it's insane and it's not like the tabloids in america are good but the level of obsession and horrificness in england is, is insane enough so that yeah obviously there's a lot more lawsuits and and ways to because just the level of invasion is crazy like none of this should be allowed i feel like they have like more lax laws out there too with like what paparazzi are allowed to do and stuff like that i feel like that's part of it because once they left the uk like last year we haven't seen a picture of them since like unless they've released (laughs) it and it's like i know they're going out well here's the thing so for a while they were living in tyler perry's mansion with tyler perry's personal security guards looking after them They originally moved to Canada. They had to flee Canada for some reason. Tyler Perry was like, I got you guys. Y'all can live in my house in L.A. So they moved to L.A. 
They were never planning originally until like he was like, I got a security team and a house for you guys. <laughs> and they were like sold. So they went there. And then like they became friends with like Orlando Bloom and Katy Perry. And like they apparently they have a text chain. Katy Perry. She's Katie. back. They all text <laughs> each other like, hey, just so you know, there's paparazzi like here, here and here outside our uh, neighborhood. Okay. And like so like that's currently the system that they have set up. And isn't it weird that I know that off the top of my head? Yeah. <laughs> okay, wait, but I know why they had to leave Canada, which is juicy. And it's that, so they they moved to Canada, which is part of the Commonwealth or whatever, people who like have the queen on their money. Yeah. I don't know. I really don't understand how it works. That's pretty much it, yeah. Um, but so they moved to Canada because they were like, okay, if we're still within the Commonwealth, we can just like pretend that we're like doing royal stuff, but just like further away. And once they got there, basically the crown was like, we're not going to provide security for you anymore because you're not here. And they're like, okay, but he's still a prince. And we just had a baby who's also like in this family. And they basically took away all their allowance for security. Like if he dies, it's still going to be a problem yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, they were trying to punish them. I feel like probably the goal was just to get them to come back to London. So they took away all their security. And so they were like, um, okay, so anywhere we go is dangerous. So we should just go somewhere nice. Yeah. <laughs> and they moved to Tyler Perry's house. Yeah. Not only that, they like, they're like, okay, we're fine without the British security service, right. whatever. <laughs> Give me Tyler Perry's. <laughs> Give me... <laughs> Give me the most insane. Give me Medea's <laughs> Secret Service. Oh my God. It's really insane. Like, you can't make that up. Yeah. Give me the best security that the haves and the have nots can buy. <laughs> like, who's who's protecting the black, the one black American princess? Obviously, it's going to be Tyler Perry's security service. Tyler yeah. Perry. That's fantastic <laughs> branding. Just coming through. It's really amazing. All right. So, we've, we've got some history here. I started obviously looking into the history of the marriages in the royal family. What I found I needed was context <laughs> because so much of this was so dumb and I wanted to get an understanding of what the process was here that led to these decisions. So we're going to start at my favorite place for these episodes, ancient Mesopotamia. <laughs> God damn it. I know. <laughs> okay, I have to say like, this is such a fucking intimidating way to ask someone to come onto a podcast like in an hour. You sent such a long, deeply detailed document. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell is ha about to happen to me? <laughs> he sent you a full course load, as he does yeah. to me every week. This is a syllabus. Yeah, like... I... <laughs> It's nine pages. Uh, that it's a lot. We to be fair, we did have a topic beforehand, but I'm moving and just got this done two hours ago, and then sent it to Raina and Wen an hour ago, and was like, "Cool, just maybe memorize all of this real fast." <laughs> it was a dick move, to be sure. It's just like, like, just know that, like, I will be learning along with as you say it out loud because I don't have great reading comprehension. <laughs> so. No, that's where that's where we're looking for. That's built into the show. Okay. <laughs> Every now and then I stop Andrew and I make it clear that I haven't read beforehand by just being like, is that true? And yeah. he's just like, yes, stop saying that on your <laughs> podcast. No, so, so to emphasize Raina's point here of just how badly I set them up for this, we're starting in 2350 BCE in ancient Mesopotamia, which is the earliest record of marriage dates. Wedding ceremonies as well as dowry and divorce can be traced back more specifically to Babylonia, because prior to this, when we existed primarily as hunter-gatherer societies, which meant families were loosely organized in groups of as many as 30 people, you'd have multiple male leaders, multiple women between them, and children and the relationships were easily trade-outable. This was not one person to one person by any means. So it wasn't until we developed into a less nomadic agrarian society that they started getting more stable arrangements. But even then, marriage of this time had very little to do with marriage as it's seen today. Obviously today, you primarily get married for health insurance. Because women were essentially property. Marriage bound them to a husband. It was a way to guarantee legitimacy of offspring. It was to, to strengthen strategic bonds, 
builds family alliance, to acquire lands or expand your labor force or to make peace. It was essentially anything but love. That's so sad. That's really sad. I think you did a sad read of your research. Yeah. I like how before you were like, it was a free for all fuck fest between 30 <laughs> people. And now you're just like, but women had no rights. And I'm just like, well, the first thing sounded great. It's also like, okay, where are we talking here? Because like everything I know about like European history is from like historical documentaries like Game of Thrones yeah. or, like, <laughs> Narnia. and like in that it seems like people definitely fall in love and here's the thing a lot of people are familiar with the idea of these marriages that that weren't love-based but the idea put in these movies is like no you're in love and your father is forcing you to marry someone else but it was the forcing you to marry someone else part that was real the idea of to be married for love wasn't even consideration that's that's like saying I'm going to break dance for friendship. That would work, but yeah. <laughs> I see what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Marriage is for business. Uh, your affairs are for love. Yeah. I mean, that, that depending on where you were in, in the region, because most of the time affairs, you could only exist as sex, really. <laughs> you, you weren't supposed to have relationships outside of this, but it was just, no, this wasn't a thing. There was no association be- between this. Polygamy was widely accepted, but mostly as polygyny where the man could have multiple wives. It was just continued sucking for women until like maybe 20 or 30 years ago. <laughs> it was a long period where it was just terrible. Now it's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, now it's, 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 we've definitely slightly improved. Uh, so there was this quote from the historian Stephanie Kuntz who said, within the past 40 years, marriage has changed more than in the past 5,000. So it, it was really consistent. The idea of romantic love wasn't even introduced until the Middle Ages. And many scholars attribute the invention of this idea of the French uh, in the popularity of the chivalric romance stories which were popular starting in the high medieval period, which began around, uh, you know, 1000 CE. And a lot of this was spurred by the legend of Lancelot, who first appeared in the Arthurian legend in 12th century CE. And even then it was a, a story of love for someone else's wife in Lancelot and Guinevere. But this still led to an ideal of linking love with marriage, just in the opposite effect of when, you know, love exists outside this. But prior to this, yeah, it was strategic. And, and wherever you go, if, if you go back to Persia or Greece or Rome, they all had different variations of it, but it was all the same thing. Even in Greece, the father would offer a hand over his daughter saying, I pledge my daughter for the purpose of legitimate offspring. This was the statement they made. Just the most romantic statement you can imagine. <laughs> yes. What a sweet thing to say at a marriage yeah. ceremony. I was just like, <laughs> I have to, because I am like a romantic, I have to tell myself that this was just Europe, that it was all fucked up like this, because there's no way, nowhere in the world, love wasn't a thing until Lancelot. <laughs> <laughs> That's giving one guy who sounds like a little bit of a cuck way too yeah. much. Like, that's like a lot of credit. He was cucking King Arthur in his defense. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, like whatever he told everyone, but like I do, I'm hearing, what I'm hearing is Europe. I'm hearing that Europe yeah. was having a horrible time and just like giving each other their daughters and like, sorry <laughs> to them. But. It, it <laughs> depends. There were were different practices in different areas. Obviously, a lot of these are, are discussed uh, in India since it's more recent that marriage uh, for, for love has developed there. In fact, there are now organizations. There's one called something like the uh, Love Crusaders, like that actual intense name that that is this organization that protects couples that are married for love and whose families might not prove and seek retribution. So no, there, there's a lot of fighting for this. Like that sounds like the PG version of like Leonardo DiCaprio and Tobey Maguire's Pussy Posse. Like yeah. <laughs> we're the love crusaders. <laughs> Wild choice of name for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a charity, so they got to, you know, tone it down a bit. <laughs> <laughs> to get the 501c3 certification, they couldn't be called Pussy Posse. <laughs> if you go onto the website, that's what they see. Like, like guys, we, we want to be clear. This is dirty. We just couldn't say it. <laughs> and the idea of others' involvement in this too, dates because I mean, now it's one of those things where when people started getting really serious about marriage, like within our lifetimes and started complaining about the way it used to be, none of it used to be anything like what they think it was. The church didn't even get involved until they realized like, hey, there's a lot of consolidated power we can get here if they have to go through us first. It, was, it wasn't between, between the 6th and ninth century that monogamy even became standard in Western marriages. And even then it was just this huge fight between kings and the Catholic Church, where kings were like, but I don't want to do that. <laughs> and the Catholic Church was like, okay, but you know, we have all the money and power. So after like 200 years, they, they finally won. They were just like, what if we just started our own 
research. Yeah, that absolutely comes into play <laughs> in 600 years. That happened, right? Yes, yes. We've got that coming up in 600 years, too. <laughs> so, but even then, the church, you know, won this with the acquiesce that, like, you're married, but you can do whatever you want. <laughs> it's just that if you have kids outside the marriage, they don't get any of your money. Uh, this sucks for a while. But then we do have the process of marriage of for love being an actual concept. And there wasn't much development uh, in this until the 19th century. And it really didn't change until women got the right to vote because it made a requirement that a woman, even if married, had to be seen as an individual. <laughs> but the thing was, people think it's like, oh, it, it, it was implied. No, it was it was it was a rule before that it was law. The process of coverture. A bride took her husband's name and her identity was absorbed into his. This was both symbolic and literal in that he was now the official representative of two people, which increased his status while diminishing hers. Lame, but go on. Yeah, it was it, it was terrible, which is why the, the right to vote was so impactful here, because now women had to be counted individually. And then obviously as it advanced, they were still treated as lesser of households, but with sexual freedom and birth control, the possibility to live and provide independently were able to finally allow marriage to exist just for a desire to show commitment, which is where we get in like the past 40 years. It is so recent that your marriage was really just a choice that you made. It was incredibly modern. I really thought that like we would be in Mesopotamia for a while longer and I was worried because I have literally no takes on Mesopotamia. I think they <laughs> did what they had to do. I'm happy with what they did. Really yeah. no notes <laughs> on that. <laughs> So we're, we're going to start just with the actual British royal marriages that led to Meghan Markle. <laughs> and I hope they all their ghosts know yeah. that it did lead <laughs> to a black American actress just absolutely tearing their country apart. Yeah, I want all of them furious about this for the rest of eternity. Not even the lead of Suits, like a, <laughs> a supporting character. Mm-hmm. She wasn't even a lawyer. She was a paralegal. <laughs> I love the idea that is that is absolutely a sticking point for a ghost where he's like, oh, no, but she played a lawyer. And this one was like, no, paralegal. He's like, son of a bitch. God damn it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she like takes the LSATs in maybe season three. They were losing yeah. at that point. I don't know if she passes. Just like this 11th century ghost who's <laughs> super hip to this. And he's like, well, yeah, they had new writers during that season. Obviously, they had to up the character stakes. They're like, yeah, well, she was gaining some fans and they realized they were using her yeah. as an assistant and she needed some arcs of her own so uh, yeah it's, it's you know what it's just good business <laughs> so we're gonna start with the guy who is almost certainly pissed about this king athelston the first king of the land that is essentially england today we're skipping over some of the viking uh mercia anglia history because it's a lot it's not my favorite <laughs> Dang it. It's look, you've got you've got England is just a mess for so long and constant conquering. And it just it just sucks for everybody. <laughs> so Athelstan got part of his kingdom through someone else's marriage. He married his sister to Citric, the Viking ruler of the Northumbrians. When Citric died in 927 CE, Athelstan succeeded to that kingdom. He married four of his half-sisters into noble continental families, uh, one to the king of the Franks, another to the future emperor Otto the First. This was you've got the first king, and immediately the point is just marry for power. Who Whoever you can, if you have anybody remotely connected to you, see where you can get them married. I'm sorry, are you saying that the British Empire started by this one guy being like, I have this many sisters and there's this much land? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is a remarkable summation. Half sisters, four half sisters. Yeah, anybody he could find <laughs> remotely connected. It was his death in 939 led to this destabilization of England and land being taken back by Olaf and retaken by Edmund. And again, Edgar the Peaceful helped stabilize this by marrying two to three women, one being a nun he kidnapped. Edgar the Peaceful? How did that stabilize the region? <laughs> yeah, th- no, it, it wasn't until the last one that it stabilized. But either way, he did feel bad about that and paid penance by not wearing his crown for a little while. <laughs> that that was what he decided his punishment should be. That's equivalent to kidnapping a nun. Edgar. <laughs> who was later canonized no no <laughs> fuck that how did he <laughs> edgar the peaceful bad name he was just like oh man the the region is destabilized i have to marry two women for land and also let me get this nun in here too do you think that the peaceful was like a big rebrand he did later in life he was like <laughs> you guys people won't stop talking about the nun thing they <laughs> took my crown off i think i have to start going by edgar the peaceful i mean that was essentially what happened because i mean right after him you got William the Bastard, <laughs> where it's like he he had no chance. I mean, he wasn't called that to his face. They called him William the Conqueror to his face, but he was William the Bastard to everyone. <laughs> oh. 
So anyway, so but Edgar the Peaceful, real quick, he has a, a wife, Elfthrith. He's the daughter of the alderman, Oldgar. Oh, as we all know. So <laughs> he was looking for for a wife. This is Edmund. And she was said to be beautiful. So he sent Aethelwald, his old tutor and bishop, to go check her out. And she was so beautiful that Aethelwald said she was ugly and married her himself. Negging. Yeah. <laughs> Edgar found out and he went to see her and Aethelwald begged her to look ugly. He was just like, don't, don't put on makeup. I don't, don't shower like your worst clothes. And she's like, it's a king coming to see me. I'm absolutely going to look my best. So she looked fantastic. Edgar <laughs> killed Aetherwald during a hunt so he could marry her. Edgar the Peaceful is a piece of shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, wow. What a horrible, she was like, I'll just look kind of nice. Yeah. And then her husband was killed and she had to marry someone else. How, like, good looking was I'm just imagining like Aeth- like Edgar has his bow like pulled, pointing it right at Aethelwald, like who's like in the forest with his hands up. He's just like, yeah. I promise this is a new development. <laughs> she just like really came into her own this summer, I promise. It's also like, Edgar, man, you can't let your boy have one hot wife. Like you can find someone else you're king. Like From what I read though, that this was strategic by Elfthrith where she decided like I could marry a king if I'm hot. That's all I have to do. So she dressed up and just traded up. So obviously you've you've got a break in the line here because your next king is called William the Bastard. <laughs> He's the first Norman king of an illegitimate line. And then you got, yeah, you just marry at that point because you need Flanders, because you need a stepping stone onto Europe as a way to both trade and to keep the Scandinavian hordes out. So you just marry Matilda of Flanders as <laughs> it feels like the very obvious choice to everyone during this time period. <laughs> What's Flanders? <laughs> Flanders, it's, it's just the, the location that you have in roughly the, the French territory at this okay, time. That's what they needed. Starts with the F, you need it. Yeah. <laughs> so then, at, of course, at this point, you have the most strict rules of consanguity in history, which said you could only marry someone seven degrees related to you or more. <laughs> so it had to be further related. Oh, so this is like the strictest England had ever been on incest before, is what you're telling me. Right. If you were seventh cousins, you could get married. But William and Matilda were third cousins once removed, and royalty broke this rule all the time. There's actually some historians believe that over 50% of marriages in all of history were two cousins or second cousins or someone related to. This was just standard practice. I mean, you have that in the fucking presidency in America not yeah. <laughs> that long ago. So, okay. It's deeply common for sure. Yeah, the Roosevelt's married each other, so I guess like this, like seventh cousins, I I mean, that's like, that's basically a stranger. That's a full on stranger (laughs) at that point. It's still 10% of the world now, or just over 10% is expected to have be married to someone they're related to within like a a two to three cousin degree range. Yeah. Two to three is too close. Whoops. Yeah. (laughs) Two to three, y'all still look alike. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and here again, marriage is just still strategic. It's 1114. King Henry I married his daughter Matilda, the Holy Roman Emperor. What's the strategy for having your kids have extra thoughts? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, this is how you end up with the Habsburg line. Eventually, like, you have to see where this is. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Going. Uh, <laughs> but no, th- this is, is just continuing to build the strength here. And at, at this point, of course, the whole country is almost destroyed by rage from the Scots and Welsh. Woo, Stephen, yeah. who was, it was the, <laughs> the son, was terrible. Matilda invaded from Anjou that led to a decade of civil war known as the Anarchy. And I still support her for this um, because she should have had the throne and Stephen was terrible. But they still wouldn't let a woman rule. So it was decided that when Stephen died, Matilda's son, Henry Plantagenet, would take the throne. And this led to the first reign of the Plantagenet. 
alternate kings. I am learning so much. And you said it well. That's the thing. He's so <laughs> confident with these pronunciations. There was a lot of reading before this recording. <laughs> I'm so impressed. This is reminding me of when last year, like during quarantine, I asked this random group of people to teach me how to play Dungeons and Dragons on Zoom. Yeah. And the guy who said yes, I literally tweeted like, well, Ed, does anyone play? And so I just like joined a random friend group on a game. And the guy explaining it to me was speaking with the confidence and speed with which you are speaking right now, <laughs> but explaining the rules to me. And I was so nervous that I just like pretended I knew what was going on. <laughs> Not like that's happening right now. I totally know what's going well, on right now. <laughs> have you been playing since then or was this pretty much it? No, so I, I played once with them when they explained it. And then it was the kind of thing where like, then I was just in a group chat with like five dudes that like play together. And I was like, this is kind of scary. And like, <laughs> <laughs> and, like they were all super nice, but I did like, I was too intimidated to return. Yeah. But it was really fun. And I would love to play again. What an I talked a while ago about putting together a comedian D&D group. What if you recall this at all? Yeah, it I, was a- <laughs> I would be happy to join that. I would love to play. All right. That is going to be an episode in like a couple months where we figure out how we can turn that into a thing here and I start recording. We're just going to reach out to us and be like, hey, could you edit that part where I agree to be like, okay, so that, that's actually a character I'm doing, uh, which is pretty yeah. much exactly me, but like, she's interested in that. Um, so yeah. just, just know that that was not authentic. <laughs> That wasn't a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> that was a joke that got out of hand. It didn't land well. So could you cut it? I'm just trying to retain my like nerd fans. Um, I fucking hate them and I don't want to play. So, <laughs> <laughs> Look, we got a wide base to cover here. We're going to say what we have to. <laughs> Tell me about the Lancasters. <laughs> All right, we're going to skip ahead to 1399 in the House of Lancaster because this was actually a positive, not period, a positive like 10 minutes because Henry IV takes the throne. Joan of Navarre, Duchess of Brittany, married Henry IV because they liked each other. Ooh, yeah. (laughs) This was it. This was an absolute milestone and a big change considering the previous king was Richard II and married to Catherine's older sister when she was six in a move for peace with less, I mean, terrible in all kinds of ways, but at least she lived separately. This was a like, we're eventually going to be together kind of thing. It's still creepy and and horrible, but for other reasons. So Henry IV and Joan were, they both had lost their spouse. They'd gotten to know each other when Henry was banished from England and had to stay at the Breton court before he, you know, uh, invaded and got his power back. Joan was acting regent of Brittany until her son came of age and couldn't continue that after marrying the king and couldn't take her sons to England. So this was this, for the time, romantic story of she got this papal dispensation for the marriage. She got the Duke of Burgundy to become guardian of her sons, to take her daughter to England, to marry the king, to become queen, and to still leave power in Brittany and her family. So this was like the one period that was was positive for a little while in regard to relationship. I'm sure it was like only good for them too. Like that wasn't like yeah. a... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> after this, you have Henry V and, and he's got, of course, the Battle of Agincourt, which makes him famous. He captured Rouen in Normandy and became recognized as the King of France, where he married Catherine of Valois, daughter of the Mad King in 1420. Always go when there's a Mad King. Yeah, I mean, because obviously this is right in the middle of the Hundred Years' War, and this theoretically could have put Henry V on the throne of France and perhaps end it, except this was year 83, and we know the war lasted 116 years, so it absolutely didn't work. They, they named it a little short because 116-year war just was not as catchy, but it was too long. <laughs> So he died two years later and his nine month old son becomes king. Okay, that's fun. Boss baby. It's boss baby time. <laughs> Little baby wearing the crown. I love it. Yeah. I love that. So you've got the story here, which, you know, Catherine marries Owen Tudor after the War of the Roses, Henry VI being deposed and gaining power, then dying in the tower. <laughs> so eventually you've got Catherine's grandson, Henry VII, defeating Richard III and taking the throne. You can read about this in, you know, Shakespeare. History. Yeah, <laughs> this, this is a big thing. Shakespeare, he knew about this one. Yeah, that it's they 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 both cover it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, just just let it happen. You can also read about this in the book that Andrew wrote today. Yeah. <laughs> it's called the notes for this podcast, and it's very good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fucking enthralled. Okay, the rest is in iambic pentameter. So. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, we've got Henry VII, he married Elizabeth of York because securing the Yorkist support and weakening the claims from any of the surviving members of the House of York was necessary to solidify his rule. Henry VII is not my favorite. I feel like he's boring and it was mostly like good strategy, but it meant like nothing that interesting happened. So he married off his sisters again to Lancastrians to solidify power. And then we get to Henry VIII. Huge piece of shit! Yeah, <laughs> I mean, absolutely the worst here. And we, we get into the most famous of the royal marriages because Henry takes the throne and marries Catherine of Aragon, daughter of King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella of Spain, and widow of his older brother, Arthur. And from the beginning, Henry was obsessed with continuing the Tudor line. There were multiple pregnancies, several births, but the only child to survive was their daughter, Mary, who, of course, we know from the future as Bloody Mary. Yeah, the, the thing that you say in the mirror, that's from her. Oh. <laughs> so she eventually did a lot of damage. Famous. Yeah. <laughs> Good for her. Good for yeah. her. <laughs> and this, guys, because we're not going to touch too much on Mary, she did this because she was Catholic. We've got the Church of England. And she's like, you know, what would make people Catholic is this if we killed everyone who wasn't, <laughs> which I mean, technically is true. Yeah, <laughs> it tracks. I track the logic. Yeah. You get what she was going for, for sure. Either way, Henry VIII can't have a son with his daughter and he meets Anne Boleyn. He has an affair with her sister, Mary. Henry pursued Anne, who didn't want to be a mistress. So Henry seeks an annulment from Catherine, claiming his marriage was invalid because Catherine had consummated the marriage to his brother, even though there was no evidence of this. She'd always denied it. And also it's been 20 years. You said this wasn't the case before. So the Pope refused and Henry creates an entirely new religion to give himself the dispensation to get annulment. And this is where we get the Church of England and it ushers in the Reformation. Is it though a new religion or is it just like Catholic light? Super similar vibes. <laughs> There's quite a bit here that's identical. It's just like we're the Catholic Church, but we fuck. Which is honestly a great pitch for <laughs> That. That was good. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I understand why it picked up steam because what a great law. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it, with this, you have Anne Boleyn. And here's the thing. If I abandon the religion that I built my line on and my success on to create a new religion just to marry someone else, I would stick that out. Like that is humiliating to be like, oh, no, turns out I was wrong. This was not the woman worth creating an entire new religion for and forcing everyone in our country. <laughs> like he just went like a my bad kind of thing. Oh my God. I didn't even know that happened. Yeah, no, just just three years later, he accuses her of adultery and treason and has her beheaded. Because she did not produce a male heir. There was no actual evidence for it. He was just like, I need to get out of this marriage and I can't get divorced. So what if I killed her? Right. And he continues his, Anne was of course a, a lady in waiting to Catherine as was every future wife that he had, save Anne of Cleves. So he meets Jane Seymour. Jane had been a lady waiting for Catherine and Anne. Jane gave birth to his son, Edward VI, and died from complications afterwards. So two years later, Henry takes strategic marriage to Anne of Cleve, and she's sister to Germany's Duke of Cleves. And Henry is basically told there are two sisters, Anne and Amelia. This is going to be important. You marry one of them. He asked for portraits, and he decided that Anne was more attractive. And then when she arrived, he said she is less hot than she was in the picture. <laughs> Fished him. <laughs> oh my god. Desperately tried to stop stop this wedding. Like he was working his ass off here to play. Like, dude, we sent her over. We're building kingdoms on this foundation. And he's like, okay, but come on, I had a portrait. <laughs> and that's not who this is. So he couldn't get it stopped. They're together for six months. And then Anne accepts a divorce and large settlement and just goes to live out the rest of her life Queen. in peace. Yeah. I mean, she's <laughs> most successful catfish I've ever seen Incredible. outside of the original documentary of catfish. Yeah. <laughs> so by this time too, Henry had become severely overweight, unable to walk, and less than a year, oh, I forgot, Catherine Howard here. Henry married Catherine Howard after this. And then, yeah, overweight, unable to walk, less than a year into the marriage, there were rumors of infidelity, which is all you need to have her executed for adultery and treason. Oh, I'm sorry. Did she want to get fucked by somebody who could walk? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I bet it was more his personality at this point because he sounds like the fucking worst. Oh yeah, he was absolutely the worst. I will say I am realizing this all sounds familiar because I have seen the show Rain, which was a terrible show about Mary, Queen of Scots. Is that the same Mary? The Mary that that is the sister, not Mary, not a bloody Mary, but yes, she's in this side here. This is all based on having been tricked into watching the other Boleyn girl in high school. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, after this, you've got Catherine 
Parr, the final one, Henry has her arrested for showing an interest in Protestantism. <laughs> and just like, she's like, hey, this thing sounds kind of cool. And he's like, you know, what's cool is prison. <laughs> Didn't he invent it? He had Church of England. Protestantism was basically Church of England, but with some different rules. And he's like, no, I want the one that I named, (laughs) even though his changing it did usher in the reformation of Protestantism. He wanted his name on it. So she sent to prison and then he lets her out and she actually has a positive influence. Yeah, she I mean, she's actually the only one that was like, hey, you know, you suck. Maybe you could stop doing that. And he kind of listened. (laughs) He restores Mary and Elizabeth to the order of success. Session, then, you know, Catherine Parr dies a year after he dies. And that leads to Bloody Mary. The hangover drink. Thanks, girly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Finally, something good coming out of this. And that like brief, like 10 minutes. <laughs> also, just around this time, I will add that, you know, Quakers were fleeing England around this time in the 1600s. They were. Heading over to America to be real quiet. Yeah. <laughs> we talk about the Quaker exodus in the Christmas episode that we have here. Just wanted to add that. It's the only thing. I know about that period of time, so I want yeah. to smart. <laughs> That's a good point. And very uh, important, too, and, and obviously the shaping of America. I'm just going to skip everything. We have the Stuarts and the Cromwells and then Victoria. Cromwells, we always do a fuck Cromwell because I hate him so much. Fuck Cromwell. Yeah. <laughs> Torturing piece of shit. Yeah. To give you a quick uh, rundown on Cromwell, he just, like, fucking killed Irish people for fun. Oh, like, boiling people alive, and it was just Ew. like... And not for any w- real reason other than the fact that, like, he... Not for soup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not for anything good. It was, yeah, no, the Cromwell was absolutely terrible. Then, so we're just going to skip ahead to Victoria, who actually marries someone, and it is this romantic love, despite being, you know, cousins, because <laughs> that was still the thing. So after his death in 1861, she withdrew from public life for 26 years until her golden jubilee. This was an actual romantic and, and serious relationship, even though, you know, things were iffy with him in terms of being terrible in a lot of ways. But also, you know, this was also the period of colonization of everything from England. So everyone was terrible there. So we're going to skip ahead a little bit to the story that is most like now, because you basically see this with Edward VII wanting to marry Wallace Simpson. She's this American divorcee with two ex-husbands that are still living. And this led to an actual constitutional crisis in England, as the Church of England would not perform marriages if the ex-spouse was still living. Kill him. This is like super simple solution. But no, in, instead, Edward abdicates the throne to marry her, which meant George VI is unexpectedly king. And his wife, who is Elizabeth, had turned him down for marriage multiple times because she didn't want to be at all involved in the royal family. And now she's queen. <laughs> she was already nobility, but, you know, she wasn't a princess or anything. And obviously that she would become the queen mother. So then you have Elizabeth II, who married Prince Philip, who, you know, that We've, we've been talking enough about him and the terribleness and he died. So that's that Prince Philip. We're up into modern times where it was like two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> God, how that passes fast. Remember when we were in Mesopotamia? That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> what a long, strange trip it's been. <laughs> So that finally brings us to Charles, who married Diana. They had William, who married Catherine Middleton, and Prince Harry, who married Meghan Markle. And the last piece of information I found here, because this was, these were obviously two names that were not nobility. So across the world, there are 13 marriages of royalty to commoners in the entire 20th century. There have been 22 in the 21st century. And prior to the 20th century, throughout all of history, I found two. Pharaoh Amenhotep marrying Atiyah in the 14th century BC, and Esther, the Jewish queen who won a beauty contest and and stopped a genocide, and that's why we have Purim. So I'm skeptical of their actual role here. But that's it. In all of history, you have two where they could marry outside. And now we have Meghan Markle, who's like, this is a terrible rule, and I'm not listening. Man. So typically, this is where after the history, we're like, where did it go wrong? But like, honestly, all of this is bad. (laughs) All of that was wrong. (laughs) The history was the wrong. Yeah. I think like it went wrong when England yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it went wrong somewhere around 2014 on the Fox Network when I Want to Marry Harry dropped. <laughs> it was never good. It was not at all. The only thing I had as a concept for where the good in this was, was just maybe the idea of marriage. <laughs> that that was pretty much it. No, wait, you just spent so long explaining why it was deeply evil. <laughs> well, that was what you said marriage was at the beginning. The only time you mentioned love was just like, hey, remember 
remember that time Lancelot fucked his boss's <laughs> wife? And we're like, yeah, that ruled, but it had nothing to do with marriage, I guess. <laughs> right. So marriage within like maybe the past two or three months is the positive. That's pretty much all we have. Or like the good stuff was like fucking. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, people banging was fun, but like he didn't even really need the marriage part for that. Sometimes. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> I've seen Outlander. Sometimes it was hot most of the time it was bad here's the thing the absolute lack of hygiene throughout all of history it could not have been pleasant there was no reason i'm amazed we survived as a species andrew i'm gonna i'm going to actually say that you're wrong there because your brain when you're horny actually turns off the parts of your brain that feel disgust like that's actually a thing that your brain does it turns the dimmer down on your disgust part of your brain. So I don't know. Like, is it really, you know, it didn't stink that bad, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I haven't smelled anything in years. So. <laughs> oh, that's because you caught COVID very early on. Yeah. <laughs> brag, brag, brag. <laughs> I suppose like when you smell terrible too, it's not like, oh, this is worse than the thing that I'm constantly around all the time. The default is smelling bad. Right. You know, we're talking about like fucking in the club bathroom, you're both kind of sweaty like we're not talking about like they used to shit in little pots in versailles right Brenda, i just want to give you like full props because no one has ever accused me and andrew of being cool enough to fuck in a club bathroom <laughs> yeah i mean i just talked about ethelred for like 10 minutes <laughs> this is <laughs> i am i am not the fucking a club bathroom it's audience like, okay listen like you were talking about ethelred like i was blushing so yeah. like, <laughs> like everyone's di- like everyone's different we're all special I- <laughs> If you're not fucking in the club bathroom, you're like probably not playing to your strengths. Like if you go up to someone and you're like, let's start with a Cethelstein. Yeah. <laughs> so do you know love didn't exist as a concept till Lancelot? <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's like, we're skipping over Vikings and Anglia. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh God, moving so fast. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, so much of this has been bad. And the fact that like, I love it that sometimes people in other countries, they look at America and like the the strife and everything and they're just like i'm so glad it's not like that here and you especially hear that with people from england and it's just like no you've proven so much racism <laughs> like in the past few years with Meghan markle and then like you lost a soccer game and they had to like put out a bunch of things just being like hey please stop threatening racist threats against the players that played in that game <laughs> yeah yeah also like America's here like, oh, who brought us here? Who yeah. started the country? <laughs> like, oh, that's not going well. It's like, who started this? Who did this? Yeah. We learned it from watching you. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't even want to be here. <laughs> Your crazy bitch Bloody Mary scared us all away. <laughs> there, no, there's no like point in history here where you look back, if you do any, like people just keep going wider and wider with British history to like find one thing. And eventually like, you know what? This was when fish and chips were made and those aren't bad. And that's pretty much all they can lock onto. British history is horrifying. They probably took that from some... Irish kitchen. I mean, yeah, they did. <laughs> like, even if you look at these marriages now, like if you watch The Crown, like The Crown is not like a romanticized thing. It's just mostly just like, you're my husband, you're my wife. All right, we are going to keep this together until one of us dies. And guess what? One of them just fucking did. Yeah. So like, that's that. And then you have Charles and Diana, which where he was fucking around the entire time until she started fucking around. And he's like, hey, don't do that. It's embarrassing to me. She's like, you're doing it too. And then they got divorced and then the press fucking killed that woman and her lover. And then you have William and William's apparently going around fucking around and started looking just like his daddy. Really? You didn't know about this? Yes. No. <laughs> William allegedly had an affair with one of Kate's best friends. Not Kate's friend. Exactly. The drama. Like, seriously, Harry and Meghan, while they get the most shit, they seem to be the only two that actually fucking like each other. While we're on the just insane cheating that happened here, Edward VII was like the, the first like playboy prince of the 20th century, and he was just fucking everyone. Sarah Bernhardt, Lily Langtree actresses, but also Alice Keppel whose great-granddaughter is Camilla Parker Bowles. What? (laughs) Whoa. You've got two mistresses in the same family for the same royal line. Oh my God, she's like, I come from a long line of side bitches. (laughs) (laughs) 
respect. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes when someone like fulfills a prophecy, I'm like, that's like, <laughs> I respect that. Even if it was a little shady, it's like, yeah, that's what you were supposed to do. Go off. I desperately want to see a show where the first line is, I come from a long line of side bitches. I come from a long line <laughs> of side bitches. I want that written in Latin on their family crest. <laughs> That's one of the best lines we ever had. That Loki sounds like a vagina monologue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to write that. Yeah. That's the best line I've ever heard in my life. That is so good. <laughs> That's We are 100% putting that in the title. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? Yeah. Yeah. So something interesting is that a lot of these have to do with like fathers securing things, like using their daughters to like make moves. And I feel like an interesting character is Philip Markle, which is Megan's dad, who is is deeply at the center of a lot of the drama despite not showing up to the wedding. Oh no, he's been featured in so much here. Yeah, so he didn't go to the wedding because he kept talking to the press and like leaking information about her. He sold like baby pictures of her when they first got engaged to the press and was like constantly talking to them. He like did a staged like photo shoot at some point and she like wrote him this letter that was really sad that was like you're like breaking my heart. I'm so sad that this is what you're doing and and it was leaked. Her stepsister leaked it to the press. And I think that was the first time they sued the tabloids. I gotta say, so yes, the royal family, fucking awful. But it's also inspiring that normal people can also be a similar <laughs> level of awful. Terrible. You don't need to have all the resources. You too can fucking suck if you put your mind to it. Yeah. <laughs> and the, old, the literal only not terrible person in this equation is Megan's mom, who's just like a nice yoga a teacher in that way which sounds amazing and we've never heard from her <laughs> i respect harry what a what is what a fun guy like <laughs> at one point like they're just like this dude's running naked down the las vegas strip before he deploys <laughs> for iraq and it's like awesome that guy Fuck sounds yeah. cool as hell <laughs> and then he marries a beautiful actress from a usa network show sure. which, like, good for him <laughs> like you know that everyone else was just jealous like you have to understand like everyone else is having to marry their third cousins and shit and he's just like have you seen burn notice well after burn notice <laughs> suits comes on and i'm in love with that girl and i'm going to marry her that is the true order of those shows by the way <laughs> that was out there like it was and i love the idea too that the queen was like it's cable it's cable <laughs> come on you can't even get network tv oh my God. i mean some of her most prestige gigs have been post princess she narrated an elephant documentary on Disney Plus. I mean, that's what we're all shooting for here. <laughs> I mean, it's like we're all trying to do that. Like yeah. everyone's trying to do that. <laughs> they ink to deal with Netflix. Like they're yeah, going yeah. to start. I would love for her to just start making shows where like she's the lead. Yeah. <laughs> that's like my dream. Can you imagine if she just starts putting out like Netflix soaps? I would watch all of them. Oh my God. I just found out what my career, my career goal just changed. I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to write on Megan in Toronto next. <laughs> The show about her and Tyler Perry's Secret Service just chilling. <laughs> Wait, that's actually very good. I, really I good. watched the hell out of that. Yeah. I feel like in all of English history, maybe the only good thing was Meghan Markle. <laughs> I feel like that's pretty much it. Yeah, and she's like not going back. She's like, okay, whoa, that was... <laughs> and England had their chance. Meghan Markle was there like, hey, I've seen like all the documentaries. There's a one chance for you to have someone good here. And they're like, we're going to go the absolute opposite way. <laughs> they had Diana. And Diana was like, this is pretty bad and left. And then everyone was like, oh no, the best thing that ever happened to us. And then they lost her too soon. And they're like, okay, we get one more chance. We get a cool LA bitch. And she's going to come in and have perfect outfits every day. And they were like, we should scare her out of here. They're like, fucking get her. And she's like, they literally chased her out of the country. Did you, like their first date, their first date when they were in England together, they went to a Whole Foods where they both had to like call each other and like try to like blend in like regular people and just like <laughs> I'm in the produce section like they could not like they did not want to like meet out front they did not want anyone to like follow him and like find out where they were so like they literally were like trying to like lose people in Whole Foods so they could then meet up and like leave together I'm gonna start all my dates like that from now on that's fantastic it's yeah it's like find me yeah. <laughs> it's adorable I love it they like the, one of their first dates they went on was to Soho House which I'm obsessed with because that is like 
like almost accessible to me. It's like a real place that, you know, people can go. And so I do dream of one day being in Soho house and like Megan's there and she's like, um, <laughs> sorry for the listener. She's like being real coy and adorable. Yeah. The, the, the visual was great. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I just want to see them on a date. Yeah. And I think I can, I think I can have. <laughs> they should like, I, I understand their privacy has been terribly violated, but I just want them to film one date yeah. for us. <laughs> Oprah can be hosting it again. Yeah. Like Oprah can be the waiter. <laughs> because watching the dates from I Want to Marry Harry just are not scratching the itch. It's not doing it for me. Watching the Lifetime movie where they spent most of the budget on a CGI lion that represents Princess Diana. <laughs> I can only watch that so many times. I need something else. Oh God, what a terrible decision too. <laughs> okay, so we've gone through everything horrible, which brings us to our next section in their defense where each of us has to try to defend the thing we've been shitting on this entire time which i guess is marriage or royal marriage <laughs> which one do we want to go for here i mean i feel like i don't know they're both so awful here when how about you start us off okay i'll start <laughs> us off and i'll even go i'll up the difficulty and i'll try to defend royal marriages sure go in so have you ever needed a piece of france but you're not <laughs> able to buy it Yes. But you got a bunch of daughters over here that are just like doing nothing. Well, guess what? You can put them to use and get part of France. Okay. They are now financially stable and out of your house. You're able to enjoy your later years because you're now 22, an old man at this point. You now have part of France. You get to like enjoy your home now with your wife and you both hate each other. But hey, you're here and you both own part of France. And that's pretty fun now. And now you're children can now have their own children and they can get parts of countries by just marrying those kids off to other people. <laughs> so it's just a perpetual cycle of offloading your kids, getting a fun new piece of land, a new summer cottage, and, <laughs> and that it's just that perpetually until your kids like have kids and then you have cousins and then those cousins start marrying each other and it gets a little weird. It gets weird <laughs> but I understand wanting that part of France originally and that that is my defense. <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. And I, I love the uh, late night infomercial delivery behind it, too. That really made me feel like I do want France. Exactly. God, that's that's a good sell. <laughs> I do some weird stuff to get a Just little, a little piece. Piece. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> a little vacation home. Look, your daughter is 12. She's not getting any younger. Okay? She's got to be helpful. Like, OK, like grow up, you know, Here you go to get me part of France. And you get she gets to live in that part. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> This is working out for everybody. You're financially stable. You just married somebody who owned enough of France to give part of it away. Yeah, honestly, you're turning the tides. You're mm -hmm. turning the tides on this one. Good, because Raina, you're next. What do you got for us? How do we defend this? Okay. You could go marriage or royal marriage, whichever you want to defend. Oof. I think I'm going to go with royal marriage. Yours was more fun. Boom. Marriage itself, it's like, you know, whatever. Who cares? Yeah. I'm young. <laughs> I'm, I'm young. I'm so Twelve. I'm just looking for a piece of France. Okay, here's my pitch. Here's my pitch. Everyone loves a wedding. Everybody loves a wedding. A royal wedding? Yeah. Oh, you mean the most watched television public program was Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's royal wedding in 2020? <laughs> Everyone loves a wedding. A royal wedding is even better. I think as a royal, you have a responsibility to throw fun parties with theme. And if the theme is giving out daughters, that's fine. And it sounds fun. And it supports the local economy because you have to order the food. Food, I'm sure, is going to be amazing. Slaves, maybe. The jesters. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And that's good. That's Essentially, that's really good. And innovation and its synergy. <laughs> you know what? If a royal wedding does not have an open bar, then the marriage is fucking null and void. <laughs> if I'm going to a royal wedding, a fucking nine hour production, by the yeah. way, yeah. Yeah. I better get a cocktail hour. I better get hors d'oeuvres, appetizers. This isn't a buffet. This isn't a buffet. This is a sit down dinner. It better be the best food I've ever had. And there'll be a bartender there with top shelf liquor. That's what I want from a royal yeah. wedding. 
absolutely. And if we're talking about Royal Wedding, we already aren't going to the best one that's happened because Harry and Meghan's had a black part and a white part. And that was insane to watch <laughs> because during all the like, like there's like a black choir and a black pastor, it would do like cuts to like the queen and Kate and Will watching. And they were so uncomfortable. It was excellent <laughs> TV. It was excellent TV. Yeah. Like the pastor would do the thing where he'd like call something out and wait for people to respond. And like, of course, no one said anything. And it would cut to the queen just like silently, like just so fucking uncomfortable. And I was like, this is the best this will ever be. We yeah. missed it. Like, <laughs> I'm just imagining Prince Philip there, just like with his fucking skull outside yeah. of his skin, like he had there at the end. Just like, oh. He was like, why are they talking? How did they get in? Like, yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was really crazy to watch. Incredible. Yeah, so that's my pitch. Everyone loves a wedding. Andrew, your turn. I think we nailed it. We, we're leaving you with fucking scraps here, but I feel like you did. I was pretty much all of it, but I'm going to go with Royal Weddings too, because here's the thing. Have you ever been in a relationship that all your friends told you was bad and you're like, <laughs> no, you just don't, don't get it. And by the time you realize it, you're like, well, I've defended this for like a year and a half. I gotta commit. Imagine that was a thousand years of your history. Oh no! <laughs> How do you change the plan when you have a thousand years of building? Like, no, this is a really good system, guys. It works works out perfect. You have a kid, they get, you know, still clearly in kid age. <laughs> Then you just trade them. <laughs> oh, no, it's like hazing. It's like, I had to do it. So did yeah, they. It's, how are you going to admit that this was wrong? Also, to Wen's point about what you gain from this, I'm in a good relationship with my girlfriend. I love her very much. We're happy just dating. And then she got a PlayStation. And I was like, if we get married, I get that PlayStation. Yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was a significant leap forward in our relationship. That was your France. That was your That was my <laughs> France. So, you know what, guys? I get it. English is good at nothing if not denial of mistakes that they have made. And that is what their entire system of royal weddings is based on. And yeah, I mean, they just, they can't give that up. So that's what I got. That was pretty good defense. It's embarrassing Thank now you. if they stop. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, that that's that's what I think I have for us. And I mean, I feel like that about covers it. Is that the entire royal wedding history of England? I think we nailed it. And there's just, how are we ever going to beat I come from a long line of side bitches? <laughs> Listen, like, I've never learned so much about Europe so quickly in my <laughs> life. I just want to thank you. I didn't know it was there so long. Yeah. <laughs> Good for them. Yeah, we had a lot of it. I had a guest ask me once if we sped up the recording of me talking to fit more information in. And as a performer, that's so embarrassing because I know I'm supposed to slow down and do this at a regular pace. But guys, we have so much here we got to cover and so much is so dumb and I want to share it all. So instead I talk like this. <laughs> it's okay. We're in a time where people are going to set it to a 1.5 speed anyway. And so just do it. For We're not going to notice. Yeah. <laughs> Raina Morris, thank you so much for being here. That was an absolute pleasure. This, this was one of my favorite episodes. Ever. Oh, thank you so much. Perfect way to start off our, our new year. I think this might've been the hardest I've ever laughed here. Happy anniversary. Thank you very much. And they can find you at Quaker Raina uh, on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, basically everywhere. And you all absolutely should, because uh, again, I, I started watching these videos and then just had to get brave enough to write Raina to ask her to do this because I felt like she's too good to come on this show. <laughs> so it was a long process. We really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Actually, let me know if you want to do D&D. Like, I actually want to do it. Yes. Yes, actually, we let's, uh, I mean, no, let's do that. We can, Raina's shaking this off, but I think we're going to do it. <laughs> Yes, if you enjoy this, please subscribe. Give us five stars. It helps us out so much. We have our Patreon down in the show notes, which will let us keep this show running for a whole nother year and preferably more. So please subscribe to that. We'll be back next week. We'll hope you'll join us when. I'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.